Haley Frequency is open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and I now end all fights, online and off, with the phrase, this is a longer conversation. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom on the Chronic Rift Network. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back. Thank you. Ella, where were you last week? Scotland. (laughs) Oh, what'd you see there? Yeah, um, uh, the whole country (laughs) in about uh, five days. Okay. And uh, it's small. It's not quite that small. (laughs) (laughs) You can almost do it in five um, days. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it was really gorgeous. (laughs) Did you see any sites, uh, historic sites? Are you there? Oh, yeah, we saw... Uh, um, yeah, um, we saw Loch Ness, um, we saw Loch Lomond, um, Glencoe, uh, like everything, Edinburgh, Edinburgh Castle, which is mind-blowing. Um, yeah, tons of stuff. That's great. Um, where are you going in another two weeks? I'm just assuming you've got some other trip lined up soon. Yeah, um, I... It's honestly, it really depends on, like, what plane ticket is cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can do that. Um, the shortlist is um, Paris and then Normandy and um, Rome and Athens. So those are the, that's the concise, like, before I leave the EU slash before I leave the UK. <laughs> that's what will be happening. Oh, <laughs> I don't <wow>. know when. <laughs> jealous uh but anyway uh i'm glad to have you back also joining us tonight on the show is mo of sound of cosplay mo is an austrian cosplayer and her article detailing the creation of her paul stamets cosplay was recently featured on star trek.com you can find her creations on instagram at sound of cosplay mo welcome to the show hi (laughs) whenever we have new guests on the show i always want to know about their backstory how did you become a star trek fan uh, my dad introduced me to it when I was like 10 or something and we started watching the original series and then I just like chronologically continued on. You just started from the beginning and then went all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to do it. We've never had an Austrian fan on the show before, I don't think. So what's, what's Trek fandom like in Austria? Um, you, I mean, you're a cosplayer. Do you have cons? Uh, you know, the normal thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Star Trek fandom is not like really big here Mm. but the general fan things cosplaying are becoming more popular here and we have um conventions that are actually really big conventions where like all of middle europe is coming to vienna for vienna comic-con so yeah (laughs) oh that's really cool and, of course, you're cosplaying when you're going to these conventions. And people definitely need to check out your cosplays on your Instagram, at Sound <laughs> of Cosplay. And you don't just do Trek cosplay. You've got Marvel and DC and Game of Thrones, Night Vale, Supernatural. How do you decide what you'd like to tackle, like, as a build? What inspires you to do a particular character? Um, I mean, definitely the, the outfit and the costumes, of course. But also, like, the character itself. It has to be, like, doable for me, for like how I look also, but also like how the character behaves or like is, you know, I have to like the character. (laughs) (laughs) 
You've never seen a character that was like, oh boy, I'd really like to wear something like that, but I don't know if I could pull off with the way they act. Oh yeah, sure, of course. Especially for like um, superheroes and stuff like that. Like Marvel, I can't cosplay like Captain America or something like that, <laughs> even though I'd love to. But... <laughs> You've done the Winter Soldier, I think though. you'd make a... Oh. Right? Yeah, I, I have, because... Because in the comics, he's like 12 or something. So that's just my body size. <laughs> Doing the Bucky cosplay. I love it. Yes. Uh, in your article on StarTrek.com, you detail some of your process in creating your Stamets cosplay. And I have a few friends who have cosplayed Discovery. And the main complaint that I hear from those people is those damned little deltas. Um, they're, yes. a, they're almost a provocation from the disco costume department. How did you solve that challenge? Um, I digitally made a like pattern for it then I cut out each delta individually put the stencil on fabric and painted everything so, so it a was a lot of work yes, yes. <laughs> sounds like a lot of work I had a friend who um, basically like I think individually like had to p sort of puffy paint them on and was kind of dissatisfied yeah. with what she ended up with but yeah yeah well, uh, you complement your stamets with props as well, including uh, spore drive implants and a Stella Viatori sample tube. How is designing and building props different from making costumes? Um, well, like it's a whole different thing because it's different materials. And for um, for the costume itself, you just kind of have to like make it from scratch. Like you buy fabric and that's what you make it from. But for props, you have to find things to make the props from, like the Stella Viatore uh, made from a water bottle and string lights and all the things that you just have to combine to make one prop. Sure. It's a question of just kind of looking around the room and going, hmm, what could that be? Yeah. Could this be? yeah. <laughs> and there's particular makeup and hair touches that you use as well to complete the look. Uh, and now, are you uh, studying acting in theater? Um, well, like, I go to a theater-centric um, school. Um, I'm graduating this year, so I'm not, like, actually studying yet. Okay. And But I actually want to become a costume designer because acting is, like, I don't know. I discovered it, it's not so much my thing as costume designing, so, yeah. <laughs> well, you're certainly, I think you're picking a, a good avenue because uh, your designs are amazing. Uh, so you've got Thank the whole you. outfit together, and you're, uh, you're ready to meet Anthony Rapp, and you meet him at Destination Star Trek. What was that like? Oh, it was, it was great. He's so nice. And, <laughs> like, we had we had talked before, like, since a year before, actually, like since 2017, he like knew of me and started seeing my cosplays on Twitter. Oh, wow. And so he was like also excited to meet me, which was the craziest thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Uh, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Well, it's great to have you on board tonight. Uh, people should definitely Thank check you out so your much. people should definitely check out your Instagram <laughs> at Sound of Cosplay on Instagram. <laughs> 
Uh, let's get into a little Trek news before we get rolling. Uh, I just last week was bemoaning that we had precious little information about Discovery beyond tonight's episode. And like an answered prayer, five more episode titles surfaced online. Now, <laughs> I should point out that these have not been confirmed. They come from a site called TV Passport. And TV Passport actually took them down yesterday. But that didn't stop IMDb and Memory Alpha from jumping all over them. So I present them here for your perusal. Uh, according to that report from TV Passport, next week's episode, episode seven, is entitled Light and Shadows. And the promo image for the episode shows Ethan Peck as Beardy Spock. And of course, we saw a flash of him in the upcoming uh, at the end of today's episode. Um, and that's it. Uh, Liam Hughes is also uh, listed as young Spock on IMDb, uh, as is uh, Alan Vance Brand as Leland. Uh, episode eight is entitled If Memory Serves, which also lists Leland as a cast member, along with Allison Down as a Starfleet psychologist. Episode nine is titled Project Daedalus and is directed by Jonathan Frakes. Project Daedalus could refer to a real-world study by the British Interplanetary Study to design an unmanned interstellar probe, but it could also refer to the Enterprise episode Daedalus, in which uh, the inventor of the transporter is working on a sub-quantum transporter that would allow planet-to-planet transportation. And not everything is, of course, what it seems. And as you can guess, his son is involved because Daedalus. Uh, Episode 10 is called The Red Angel. Nothing more to say about that. And episode 11 is called Perpetual Infinity. And that's all we know about that. Ladies, thoughts? Um, I am overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, like I said, I'm not sure of the veracity of that information. I mean, it sounds plausible. And I think the last leak, you know, turned out to be right. We got pretty much the episode titles we were looking for. Well, and if they took it down, I feel like yeah. oh, they, they must be right. Cause, CBS. Yeah, because yeah, okay. CBS was like, you t- like you do something uh-uh. about that right now. <laughs> this is a longer conversation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, tonight we've seen the sixth episode of Star Trek Discovery Season 2, The Sound of Thunder. And we're here to break it down for you. And before we start, as always, we're setting a course for the Spoiler Zone listeners. So be warned. We're glad you've decided to join us. But if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for The Sound of Thunder is, When a new signal appears over Saru's home planet, Burnham, Saru, and the crew embark on a perilous mission that puts Saru in danger and raises questions about the Red Angel's intentions. Hugh struggles to come to terms with his new reality. This episode is written by Bo Young Kim and Erica Lippolt, who are staff writers and co-producers on the show. They were also executive story editors for the first season of Disco. Uh, that same team previously wrote Into the Forest I Go and the short trek The Brightest Star. And you can follow them on Twitter. Um, they're a lot of fun, and they share production photos sometimes, so it's a good follow. Uh, this episode was directed by Douglas Arniakoski, who previously directed the first season episode Lethe and The Brightest Star short trek. And I should mention that for weeks... Both IMDb and Memory Alpha had the title of this episode as the Sounds of Thunder. So that's what we were going with initially. But it is the Sound of Thunder. That's right from Erica Lippel herself. So, wow, IMDb has incorrect information. I think I need to take a second to, to think about that. <laughs> I uh, challenge you to go on my IMDb page, uh, IMDb page and try to find out what, what's wrong about that. There are some errors on there. Um, <laughs> Yep, that's for that's homework for the listeners at home. Uh, 
and memory alpha just directly attacking imdb (laughs) Uh, well you know uh it's all fan uh, run i guess um and memory alpha i mean you're the source of all trek knowledge i use you when i'm preparing a show you have to be right you should self-sterilize like nomad that is that which is imperfect (laughs) must be sterilized execute your primary function memory alpha All right, I'm calm. Uh, As we brought up in a previous week, uh, there is a Ray Bradbury story that involves butterflies and what happens if you step on them called A Sound of Thunder. What do you guys think about that? Is the Red Angel the butterfly in this case, or is the Red Angel stepping on the butterflies? God, I have a lot of... I I feel like I read that short story, like in bed in the dark past my bedtime at my grandma's, and I have like this weird, like... (laughs) PTSD, like memory of being like, oh my god, he killed the butterfly. Like, and now I'm just like, I can't think about it. Yeah, um, that story, of course, is about the uh, possible ramifications of small events, specifically when it comes to time travel. And if, as we've theorized, there is time travel involved, and it seems like it, unless the Red Angel is thousands and thousands of years old, uh, that might be what we're looking at as far as. Um, the ramifications of uh, stepping on a butterfly. Uh, I should also mention that, of course, uh, this is called The Sound of Thunder, and we've got Sound of Cosplay on. What's the story behind <laughs> Sound of Cosplay, Mo? Do you mean, like, the username? Yeah. Um, it's because I'm awesome. Because everyone thinks, when you say Austria, everyone is like, oh, like Sound of Music. Oh, like the hills um, are alive. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> And, like, it's a joke because no one in Austria knows Sound of Music. No one. <laughs> what? It's only people who are not from Austria who know Sound of Music and then tell Austrians that Sound of Music actually exists. How was that even possible? I don't know. It's no one, no one who knows it here likes it. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I can kind of see that. I, I'm from Minnesota, and everybody always goes, oh, Fargo. And it's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> outside of just being a Coen Brothers fan and it being a good movie, it's not like I'm like, oh, we just everybody yeah. just capes for Fargo all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, that checks out then. Well, let's, uh, let's get into our discussion of the episode for tonight. Um, it is uh, a big change uh, is uh, foisted upon the people of, uh, of Kaminar, and... The theme of the Prime Directive, or at least General Order 1, gets brought up a little bit. And I was wondering about uh, you guys' opinion about um, Pike and the crew of the Discovery's decision to do what they did um, in the conclusion of the episode. Honestly, it seemed strange to me that they hadn't done anything before. Like, Because I know that it's like a... Because the Kelpians are technically like warp capable but the, like the Baolar I feel like there's room for intervention like prior to this episode I feel like they could have been like hey so what we're not gonna do is just like control half your planet's population under threat of death yeah but, like, like it, it took yeah go ahead Mark. did they just not know I was wondering because it like it sounded like something that Starfleet would definitely like stop or yeah interfere yeah i like the fact that there was we saw on screen sort of um maneuvering kind of like because usually there's a question of a prime directive thing and 
card or someone is uh, wringing their hands and the whole episode is them trying to decide. And then there's some other factor that happens that kind of forces their hand. And in this case, Burnham just almost like she's, you know, been on memory alpha for a while. She just basically goes, <laughs> well, we could do, you know, they, they know about warp or some of them do. And we did contact them. So well, we could maybe do this. We could maybe do that. <laughs> Instead of it being something that we can't do and we have to find a way to do it, it became it's a totally fungible situation. And the decision that we make could have consequences. But, you know, whatever we decide to do, we could probably sell it as what we had to do. And they go from that to we're going to broadcast a signal to turn them all into Klingons, basically. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was wild. <laughs> Because now like this all... whole episode, I I wanted to be more like worried, but the entire thing was just so crazy that I was just like borderline laughing at everything that happened because I was just so like ecstatic. Yeah, they went from zero to ten pretty fast, and I love how oh, yeah. they've they've turned uh, like they've turned Saru into like Wolverine now. <laughs> like he's got <laughs> yeah, he was like growling and everything, and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> And he's yeah, and his uh, little spikes snicked out, and uh, he can shoot him at people. That was and, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the best there is at what I saru. Yeah, um, <laughs> I kind of like the fact that I mean, that's where you have to go with a character like this. And on uh, another show that wasn't uh, serialized and had more episodes, they would definitely you know let it go for a while and take time. But because we've got to do a little bit every week, uh, we are immediately um, confronted with you know the change in his behavior. Uh, and he's, you know, he's kind of yelling at Pike a little bit. And, and then <laughs> I love the fact that as soon as he, he gets kicked off the bridge, he's like, OK, I'm a wild card now. What would Burnham do? Insubordinate, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so he runs down to the transporter and sets it up. And then, of course, what would Burnham do? She knows that as well. So she runs down there and she's like, whoa, no, 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 no. Hey, hold on. <laughs> oh, my God. When he turns around and he's like, what are you going to do? And she's like, uh... <laughs> I don't know anymore. Yeah, it's another. See, he's a he's a maniac now. We're seeing a different side of him. Um, and I'm wondering. I'm sure that he'll probably um, balance it out, just like how. Well, we hear that you know now that Culber's back, he's sort of getting used to his new body. We've got Saru doing the same, but I wonder if he's going to have to take like like anti antidepressants. I guess just depressants. <laughs> take take something to uh, to sort of curb his uh, his. Uh, his mood swings and his uh, his rages, but uh, it's a new um, aspect to the character that uh, I'm, I find that I'm enjoying so far. I like yeah. it when he hulks out. Mm-hmm. Me too. He's also just like he's so like physically like large when he was like talking back to Pike on the bridge, and everybody kind of realized at the same time, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just suddenly scary, and I think it will <laughs> like develop in something like really interesting. I hope so. I want to see him. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to say that, like, everything about him changes. Like, his whole identity was to be, like, prey. And now he's the predator. And everything in his life suddenly changes. Yeah. What did you guys think about that? The reveal that it was um, the Ba'ul as a race were, you know, in their own way, kind of running scared that the uh, Kelpians had been the predators and they had turned the tables, and now for them, the the great balance is cruel, but it's self-defense, uh, in, in their opinion, you know, for their race. 
I thought it was going to be that the Kelpians, like, evolve into the bowel, like, at the beginning of the episode when okay. yeah, same. <laughs> um, the doctor was like, oh, like, some teeth are growing in. I was like, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> the monster is the inside. The call is coming from thing. inside the starship. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, I, you know, it's a complex uh, situation. And, I, you know, as much as I think that a, uh, well, there's good people and bad people on both sides, argument is a little um, uh, dangerous to make right now. Um, I did like the fact that every bully is, you know, a coward, is, a, is, is bullied, you know, at heart. And so their solution yeah. was to set up this this horrible oh. situation. Um, also, boy, they they look really weird. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. Yeah. It's like um, it's like the guy from Pan's Labyrinth, but he's like voiced by James Spader, and he's covered in like tar. Ooh. Yeah, I got right? an Armis Armis vibe from him. Then that was was that performed by Doug Jones? Oh my god, was it? I have no idea. I don't know. Either. Well, it looked like it did. Yeah. I yeah. have no clue, but yeah, it very much looked like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved you from the credits of the girl with the dragon tattoo. Um, really great. <laughs> um, and so we have this situation where I was kind of wondering how they were going to resolve it because Saru and his sister know the secret. Starfleet knows the secret. Do they try to, uh, you know, disseminate it somehow? Do they give people a choice? Um, do they use phasers to, you know, burn it on the moon, you know, so that green is people or whatever? Like, what? how do they decide to do it? And they did the end around and just... Yeah, we're just going to broadcast this. So I hope everybody wants this. <laughs> I don't know. I found it to be, I mean, the, the outcome is good, but I found it to be kind of, they, they, they made a decision that wasn't necessarily theirs to make. No, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I was like was very just, surprised. Everything in this, like all the decisions in this episode just happened so quickly without any yeah. questioning. Yeah. Uh, that's absolutely uh, true. Um, I do know one thing: the ganglia fairy is going to be working overtime. A uh, lot of, lot of, lot of ganglia under pillows here. So, <laughs> oh no, everybody lost them at once. Uh, let's talk about uh, the return of uh, Doctor Culber, and in the typical, uh, you know, uh, TV show genre show fashion, something's not right, and we will learn. Uh, I'm sure along the way what isn't right but what do you think is is happening exactly with uh, dr culber Oof. <laughs> yeah hard, so hard to tell i don't know i mean he has a completely new body like <laughs> part of it is probably just like the the physical things of having a new body but part of it is having lived in a different world for like what was it a year or something <laughs> yeah so New nervous system, who dis? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like I'm I'm so curious where this will go because they very clearly already established a conflict that will happen or like one of the conflicts that will happen. So like in between Calva and Stamets, with with Stamets being just so happy that he's back and that yeah, he's there again say, he's and like... just ignoring everything that's going on yeah. so <laughs> yeah it's nuts that there is there they buried him right like there is a culber body somewhere and then there's this yeah. culber and yeah. i wondered how it yeah. worked with uh well i had two questions I, I wondered how it worked with culber where i'm sure starfleet officers are declared dead all the time 
Um, they lose all their stuff in an estate sale. So I don't know if he's getting any of that back. <laughs> and um, and once it's found that they're alive, you just, okay, well, we reactivate your commission. Welcome back. Um, so maybe that's how that works. Ash Tyler is in a Starfleet uniform. And uh, did we ever find out what happened to the original Ash Tyler? Like, he's gone. We, we have a Klingon who thinks he's Ash Tyler, who, <laughs> who never went to Starfleet Academy. He's been accepted by Section 31, which is technically, I guess, part of Starfleet. And so, therefore, it's like you skip to, you know, he didn't go to the Academy. You skip to the head of the line. Oh, yeah. And now he's detached on a Starfleet ship, so he just wears a Starfleet uniform. Like, there's a lot of jurisdictional um, morass here. I literally yeah. have never <laughs> considered that I never even thought about it. Mind blown. They, they should, like, set up rules for, in case they're not really dead, what will we do? <laughs> yes. Because it happens all the time, apparently. Yeah. Right. Everybody who dies, their their stuff just goes into a big Indiana Jones warehouse until uh, they find out that somebody's clone shows up and wants their trombone or they come back in time and they're still alive. Or Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good idea. Uh, Saru has a reunion, of course, with his sister, uh, Serana, in this episode, and it doesn't go exactly how he wants it to go. Um she is confronted with the fact, rather abruptly, I thought, <laughs> that uh, there is life outside of her planet. Uh, Burnham says something like, oh, there's a thousands of life forms. It's like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> She's just learning about this right now. <laughs> uh, do you think that, I mean, we'll see Serana again, don't you think? I hope so. I think we have to, yeah. Yeah. I hope so as well. Um, I think it's probably the best choice dramatically to have her initially be happy and then immediately be like where the hell were you were you like what what where'd you go and our father <laughs> our father i were her and... i would <laughs> yeah i would be so much madder <laughs> oh really <laughs> she was like kind of nice about it she was like with the whole like this is a longer conversation thing she was like letting him off the hook like big. she was like okay well we don't have to do this now in front of yeah. your friend but... <laughs> not in front of company but later for sure later <laughs> <laughs> uh why don't we talk about the angel really quick? Um, is the angel a superhero? It, you know, we're, we're in a situation where the ship's going to blow up. Literally like Iron Man. Yeah, right. The ship's going to blow up the whole planet. This is a job for the Red Angel and then suddenly Or so more like the Wasp, like literally a Marvel superhero. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> Mo, I want to see a Wasp cosplay from you. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so working on those wings, yeah. Uh, Full wings. We want the creepy <laughs> light behind you. We want everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see who or what the red angel turns out to be. Maybe that's <laughs> like a cosplay thing. If it's a suit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check back. I want I want to see that. That'd be cool. <laughs> Do you think that the red angel's intentions are uh, positive as they appear to be, or do you think that there is a um, underlying? Um, manipulative or sinister motive as uh, Tyler seems to believe. I was very like, I don't know. I was like, I'm very creeped out by the whole thing. Like, I don't know if it's just like a, you know, cause appearing like it probably, well, probably they're not considering, you know, like earth's Christian implications, but like yeah. appearing with the wings and the suit and just being like, Oh, hello. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you'll see me once and then I'm gone forever and I'm going to do something drastic and change everything and like your current situation like I don't know I don't really trust it but like it's good so far 
Yeah, it, it it looks like it's good, but also it would be boring if it was good, right? So it can't really be good. <laughs> Mo, you've seen a lot of Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, that is absolutely true, that it would be boring if it was all good. So, yeah, we're definitely going to find out. But also, out. It, it would be a very Star Trek thing to, like, make it its, like, its intentions good or, like, if it like was a person again, like would they maybe need help or change the future or whatever? Like that the conflict is something something different and not the angel itself. Yeah, and just thinking about you know having seen a lot of Star Trek, it kind of reminds me of the Red Angel is sort of like what Starfleet is. Like if you don't know anything about Starfleet, you're just living on your planet. <laughs> And, and they come in and, uh, you know, you don't see them, uh, pro- hopefully, but they fix your tectonic plates and now your planet's not going to blow up. Like they just kind of swoop in, save the day and then leave. And it's almost like Starfleet's like, wait a minute, that's our brand. Like, <laughs> hold on, we, we go around the galaxy and save people. What? Who is this? Who's this new kid on the block? But nobody like nobody from Starfleet appears as like a creepy premonition, like <laughs> oh, something's going to happen and then they fix it. They're just like, OK, fix it. Like, don't talk to them. And we're gone. Like, clean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 very weird that the angel just shows up and is like, well, here is something to fix, but like doesn't fix it themselves. Yeah, I just think it's yeah, it's weird because it's just sort of like what Starfleet does. And I, I wonder if we're. Uh, you know, if they don't, their mission is to discover as well. So not knowing something, ignorance is intolerable to them. But if this Red Angel has, as far as they know so far, only done good things, then maybe leave them alone. Like, what's what's the big deal? <laughs> Although, whatever until, the angel is. What's that? Until they, until they stop doing good things. And then they start doing bad things. Oh, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else that we haven't talked about that you guys wanted to uh, cover for the episode? I don't know. It, I'm very... It's the same thing where it's like it's the best episode every week. It's like better. That's true. This, yeah. This was, <laughs> this was good. I was a little more uh, action and straightforward. So I think yeah. we had a little less to talk about this week. But yeah, I mean, it was solid. <laughs> and it was a good sort of wrap up for the Saru thing. And I guess we're at the point where we can talk about what's uh, coming up in the future. Um Who's, uh, you know, what are the lights? Who's the angel? Uh, how is Spock involved? Uh, can we have Galaxy Pie a la mode? Uh, what do you guys think is uh, coming up uh, in the future of the show? I'm just, I'm honestly just hoping that next week is the reveal of Spock. That's <laughs> I, I all so. I want. <laughs> it has to be. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've got no idea, but he seems from the glimpse, he seems crazier than I would want him to be. (laughs) Oh yeah. He looks so, just so different to, um, the Spock we know, even though even Peck is like very similar to Leonard Nimoy. Like when I heard him talking at the, um, in the, in the stream of the, red carpet premiere uh-huh. thingy he sounded just like him and now his yeah. spock is portrayed differently yeah it'll be fascinating to see um his interpretation of the character and i think that 
they showed that little bit of him. I mean, like you guys, I'm I'm just assuming he'll be in the next episode. Um, but I think they showed that little bit because a lot of people are are tired of the of the Spock tease. I've heard that online. Because uh, we yeah we've heard it's, that Spock's yeah. it's gonna, been too long. Yeah, we heard that he's going to be in this thing, <laughs> and then now six episodes have gone by, and it's like, where is this guy? Come on. I literally, I was starting to think, I was like, if they literally wait until the last episode, like, oh, yeah. I I was like, they're go- this is too far. <laughs> <laughs> like the last episode of season two? Yes. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know what to think. I was like, it's gone on for too long. Like, this not the first episode I get, but then it's like, it just keeps going on and on and on. And it's like, it bet, you know, next week it better be good. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they've turned the pressure up so much on themselves now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we have to... um, I like the the new Saru, but I think that we're probably soon going to have to sort of um, come up with some sort of solution for... Uh, everybody running off on their own <laughs> like <laughs> like if this isn't Picard's enterprise uh, everybody can be a little more um, cocksure about like uh, their abilities and their hunches but we've had Burnham uh, Stamets tends to kind of do what he wants Tilly runs off and does what he wants and now we've got Saru the most reliable guy is just running off and doing <laughs> stuff so I don't want Pike to turn around and the bridge is empty because everybody's like I've got an idea and they've all just run off to do something but we'll have to see, uh, and we'll definitely see in the future. Um, and that is it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us, listeners. And if you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at E-I-S-T-P-O-D for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage are released. And you can tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag Discoverage or email us at EISTpod at gmail.com while you're on the internet why not head to your listening platform of choice and subscribe to the show give us a rating and a review if you can because it really helps us out also we've got merch and that merch is 30 percent off check out our t-shirts available on our t public store go to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash just enough trope that's our parent network for our snazzy trekwear phone cases mugs and more and if you really want to support the show stop by our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash eist pod And as always, if you like the show, tell a friend. Discoverage will return on February 28th next week for the next episode of Season 2. That episode, now as far as we know, is called Light and Shadows. And of course, we'll feature the return of Mr. Spock. Definitely looking forward to that. In the meantime, you can check out our main show at Enterprising Individuals at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every Wednesday, I and a guest discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek Sphere, updates on Star Trek Discovery, and interviews with special guests. And we just released an episode featuring my interview with Dr. Mohamed Noor of Duke University. And we talk about the biology of genetics, uh, of aliens in Trek, and there was a lot of talk about DNA and evolution in this episode. If you want to hear more more of that kind of talk you can check that out and we also just released an episode where i talk about the next generation episode justice with Stuart and thad of the delta flyer podcast so if you like the uh, general order one talk in this episode justice is all about that plus it's got half naked jogging it's got lethal injection it's got it all <laughs> so you can check that out at enterprisingindividuals.com or on your pod catcher of choice mo thanks so much for joining us tonight where can people find you online um sound of cosplay on any social network thanks for having me on your podcast it's been great to have you here ella thanks as always where can people find generations geek at generations geek on twitter and instagram and generationsgeek.com. and do you know what's coming up on generations geek no 
<laughs> um, there's, you know, um, I'm, you know, <laughs> your dad, thousands of miles away. <laughs> Your dad, uh, science fiction and uh, Trek novel author Scott Pearson, has been promising this Thor Ragnarok episode for weeks now. And I'm like, where Thor, is this oh, thing? Oh, fun. <laughs> we, it's going to be, it's going to, if you like Thor Ragnarok, when it comes out, it is going to be good because I like made um, him record it with me right when the movie came out because I immediately was just like head over heels uh, in love. It's the only movie that I have like on my computer fully downloaded um <laughs> so it's 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 full of um energy but <laughs> yeah it'll be up soon All right, well i look forward to your comments on that and that is it for us thanks for listening folks and we're signing off this is aaron for mo and ella saying live long and prosper 